Hello and welcome to the Spinners Podcast. My name is Riley and each week we listen to three random 45 RPM vinyls my best friend Nils bought off of eBay. Nils, I have a question for you. You always do. Do you think all of life is about a return to innocence? No, because I don't think that it starts that way, so all of life can't be like that. Well, I think it starts as innocence and then you try to return to that starting position throughout the rest of your years. So is this like some Christianity, born a sinner kind of stuff? There's always this act that's negative and then you repent. And the act of repentance is what I'm interested in because it's like you're returning to innocence. That's what repenting is. is you're, it's an attempt, maybe not a successful one always, but it's an attempt to get back to that place you started from. Okay, but clearly it's not that, right? Clearly we're not trying to go back to being babies. I mean, people are always trying to be younger, you know? We're always trying to be, go back to before we had knowledge. Like that's why people do some dumb things. And some people will say that's why, we, I, th- I don't remember if I was talking with, about this with you or someone else, but like the act of when you get super drunk and you're like slurring your speech, it sounds like you're a baby again. <laughs> So people start abusing substances to get to headspaces that are uniquely less aware than the one they're currently in. They're trying to go backwards a lot of the time. So you're on to some tree of knowledge stuff, right? Yeah. Knowledge of good and evil, eating the fruit, and then, oh no, you know things. Exactly. And you just want to go back to not knowing things. The fruit is the perfect example of like you crossing the line into misery and the act that brought you the misery was knowledge. It's like learning things. But anyway, did you hear that Neil Young is being taken off of Spotify? Why is that? <laughs> he made an ultimatum, which is pretty badass in my opinion, and he said, if you're gonna have Joe Rogan on Spotify, you have to take all my music off, because I, oh, I don't want Joe Rogan spreading vaccine information, misinformation. And then they fucking took Neil Young off because they make m- less money off of Neil Young than they do off of Joe Rogan. Well, go for Neil Young. Fuck. The whole Joe Rogan deal. It's just brute. I wish it was an artist I didn't care about, you know? Because I like Neil mm-hmm. a lot. What an insane move. And what I'm interested in is they chose the podcast over the musician. And they're a, it's a music streaming platform. And they were literally on the side of the podcaster, which is a little bit stressful, in my opinion. Because it's like, oh my god, is this even a music first platform anymore? Well, yeah, I think that Spotify is desperately trying to push into other realms you know like for the spotify like rewind thing even if i listen to one podcast in the whole year they'll still make a whole big deal about that you know they'll have a whole section talking about the fact that you can listen to podcasts on there Uh like they push podcasts even if you're clearly not a podcast listener because they want to expand and they want to be known as more than that more than just music which that really stresses me out I don't like that idea because I do feel like there should be different places for different products, you know? And I think music and podcasts are different products and they should be in different sectors of the market. And I guess it makes sense that Spotify has some sort of monopoly over audio content, but I don't think it should be choosing one over the other if it's going to have both, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that in terms of choosing one over the other, Neil Young is the one that made that the case, right? He's the one that made made it so that they had to choose one or the other. They want both, you know? They'll want it all. I mean, Spotify, like, they could, they could move into tons of revenue streams, you know? Like, at some point, I thought they had, like, some video thing. They're going to... They could easily start having, like, mini documentary things, and then they expand to be, like a streaming service. Of course, they're like a big company and they're gonna be greedy and they wanna expand. I wonder if it'll be a 
he'll be a change maker and other artists will do a similar thing because he is notorious for he's a notorious inspiration like everybody loves neil young so we'll see but and in then the meantime, that's when it would affect spotify that's when other right. that's when people would stop using spotify and start using apple music or amazon music or whatever shudder thinking of using apple music so scary <laughs> all right shall we move on let's listen to say? our archaic form of music that can't be removed no one can undownload your 45 RPM vinyl. Our first vinyl here, pulling it up here is the sound effect. Oh, beautiful. This is Divine, who is an artist that I do not know. The song's called Walk Like a Man. So from from the the little picture here, it's it's kind of great. There's some clip art fire. And then there's a woman presenting person who I think is in drag, who is dressed in like a black cowboy outfit, and they're holding two teeny tiny guns, and there's like a little little trajectory of a bullet coming from the guns, <laughs> and in very small text, each of the guns says, bang. Well, that sounds um, awesome. <laughs> it sounds great.
That was awesome. Oh my god. I was really into that. That was great. I didn't... I mean, I recognized it in the beginning, but it, that was a cover of a, a Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons song. It's like a... It's a doo-wop classic that is almost unrecognizable like this, but they did a really great job changing it. I, I thought I might have heard it, but I I did not pick up on that. The the synth was overpowering, but like it's such a like a welcome way. The sound quality was great. And the, the drums, was that drum machine? Yeah, like, yeah, the little like, it kind of stutters. I love that. Like that's, it's inhuman, but like in the coolest way, I think. And then like you already predicted before it even started, like the idea of a song called Walk Like a Man being performed by a drag queen. Right, right, right. The song isn't necessarily about masculinity in like a ponderous way. It's kind of more talking about kind of old-timey standards of just strength or whatever. But there's an inherent comment on that just by the way that he dresses. Because he was a drag queen, I googled. A very famous one, and I feel weird for not knowing about him. Like, what? what what's the landscape there? This is uh, released in 1985. Well, the early electronic music had a lot of like that ambiguity too. And it was like, and like discos and stuff even was a, a not a safe space, but a safer space <laughs> for gay people yeah. and more androgynous people. But it's definitely like even much more of a statement back then than it is now, which I think kind of leans at even more power. He was going for, for a long time. Like apparently he was even active in the sixties around like Warhol and stuff in New York, which I, Damn. That's a really crazy connection. For pronouns, is it he? He is goes it, by like, he. Are the, are the pronouns yeah. he? He goes by he. Yeah, but has okay. different drag personas. I mean, it's awesome. I I kind of love the drag persona, like the, the facial expression. Man, she was in Hairspray. She was in Hairspray with Debbie Harry. <laughs> what does it mean to walk like a man? And more than that, what does it mean for a drag queen? to be talking about walking like a man. I, I think in the 60s, it's just the idea of regain your composure. Men don't cry. If you get your heart broken, you're not supposed to feel your emotions. You're supposed to keep walking, which I think that's obviously bad and men should cry and all of that. But I do kind of like the point of this song, which is originally move on past the people who hurt you. That's powerful to me. When you get into attaching masculinity to being cold and unemotional that I have problems with but I do kind of like the idea of walking away from someone who is not good for you that's liberating it's just that there are so many things that are tied to masculinity that don't need to be tied to masculinity but that are still good things uh, you know like one thing that kind of boggles my mind frankly is chivalry <laughs> yeah like what does it mean to be chivalrous or like a gentleman you know those are both male things and I'm like, yeah, that's good. That's polite. But why should that be <laughs> right. like a man thing? Anyone for anyone. Yeah, yeah. Any, yeah, anyone should like politely hold the door open for anyone else if they're close to that person, if they see them coming, something like that, you know? Uh, I think my theory is that it's left over from an antiquated time where the power dynamics were even more stark than they are now. And I think, mm -hmm. I think there was kind of an awareness of like, well, men genuinely have more rights in society. So it's up to them to be nice to the women and give a little bit of that power sometimes. You know, like, the least you can do is hold the door open for a lady. Fascinating. Yeah, and I also think it's the whole, like, protector thing, you know? I, I agree, and I think that we should also stop treating those as cliches of masculinity. I think that to walk like a man, we should come up with a new phrase of emotionally aware of when <laughs> something is... 
and when a relationship is fuck, this isn't as catchy as. Oh, I was so excited to hear what your replacement. No, would no, no. Be. I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll okay. get my phrase. Instead of walk like a man, it's be emotionally aware of when a relationship is no longer serving you and is becoming harmful. And instead of dwelling on that and letting it continue to hurt you, walk away from it healthily and emotionally reflect and heal over time. Yeah. <laughs> what a great title for a doo-wop song. I can't wait. <laughs> All right. Have you ever heard of the artist Laura Branigan? Yes. Gloria. Oh, two of my favorite songs. Self-Control and Gloria by, by Laura. Please tell me we have one of those. We indeed have Self-Control. Oh, fuck yeah. I, I love this song. And I have some hot takes about uh, masculinity associated with this song, so it's also a theme. Self-control, ready, set, go.
God, the part where it's where it all stops and it's just the drums and the oh man, yeah, that so was sick. my favorite part. That was so good. There's a lot of parts to the song, and they're all good. They're all hooks. Every part of the song's a hook. That's that's the sign of a good pop song, in my opinion. When it's all a good hook. Yeah, like any part of this song could get stuck in my head. Like if if a song was lucky enough to have one section of this song, it would be like a, a hit in the '80s. And this one has like four. <laughs> it's stacked. Pretty damn stacked. Tell me what you get from this song. What's what's the what's the meaning? Well, I think it's about the delusion of lust and just the idea of of being so caught up in a feeling you kind of lose yourself. I think the idea that she says you take myself, my self control. There's kind of a play on words there where it's like you take myself. Like I lose my identity when I'm with you. Like I lose a part of myself. Mm. This feeling is right. so powerful. There's so much about this that's like really heavy in terms of identity. Like I must believe in something so I'll make myself believe it that this nighttime is all there is. But the idea of like I need to believe in something so I'm going to believe in this. It's like she's at a loss for meaning outside of this relationship and she sees this simple pleasure here and she's like, "Well, I can make this my everything. Like I can take solace in this this sexual activity and that way I can find meaning." And She's almost out of like fighting with herself because she knows that there will be a daytime and it's going to be, you know, there's going to be the rest of her life. But she wants this and she thinks it might provide her meaning. That's such a great topic for a song, especially one like this with yeah. crazy synthesizers. Does it provide her meaning though? Like I I I agree with the rest of it. She's she feels like she can live in this illusion. Well, and that's what's so interesting. That's where it feels like she's getting sucked into this like cycle of the day sucks, so then you want to make up for the sucky day in nighttime, and you know you you go out and you party, and then the next day, like when you're waking up from that partying, whatever that is, where you totally lose yourself, it's gonna suck to wake up. It's gonna suck to like see the sun, and you've been dreading it, and you know it's like the sobering hangover moments and all that stuff. And it's the story of my life. <laughs> it's the, I I I completely relate to that. This the the struggle of a shitty day and then a beautiful night and then a shitty day and then uh, you know like yeah. And it's not healthy or good or I don't know. And I made a playlist that I sent you, and whenever I meet a woman that uh, I would have an unhealthy relationship with, if I continued things, I add a song to it, and I don't continue the relationship. So I oh have God. this journey on this playlist I've entitled Self Control, named after this song, that is specifically used as a uh, therapy tool for me to not make bad decisions. <laughs> that is, that's really interesting. The theme of the playlist is solo 80s pop singers who are female. So th there are, there's a uh, musical trend as well as a lyrical trend. <laughs> Self Control. 
What a I playlist. Love the music video for this too is so good. She's like, I mean, that's like the cover of the playlist that I sent you. Uh, she's like in like her nightgown or whatever. And this fucking guy comes in with like a Phantom of the Opera mask, basically. basically and they do mm. this really like horny dance in her bedroom. And then he like disappears through the window pane when the morning comes. Sex, but like in an artsy way. It's like artsy sex, but it's also like kind of horror vibes because like the guy's masked. And I think that's like an interesting mm-hmm. like, like what does he represent? And like, is she frightened of him? But it's like, I don't know, the alert. It's so cool. Also, like, he doesn't seem to have an identity, really, you know, this... Right, he's nothing. And the, the weirdest part is, like, this is also a cover, and the other version is just so deadbeat. Like, it it has mm. the same sections, but just without any of the, like, power that this one has. The OOOs are very restrained <laughs> in that one, and not a good way. And also, did I see that Frank Ocean did a cover of this? That's a different song, but his self-control also rules. It's, like, very sparse and... Uh, also pretty intense. I love this song, and I love Laura Brannigan. And now I'm thinking about all the women that, I, that my playlist is dedicated to, and <laughs> I'm in my feels. All right. Are you ready for the final 45? Yes. All right. This one, I encourage you to have an open mind, Riley. Okay. <laughs> it's called Swing the Mood by Jive Bunny and the Master Mixers. Whoa. Um, so I'm expecting it to just be some swing music, so possibly an instrumental. However, I do find it very important to describe the cover art for this because it's a brick wall and then there's like some rocks on the floor. That's not important. But the important part is there's like a human humanoid bunny with big ears who's like looks like they're trying to play a guitar, but they're not and their hands are kind of fucked up, but they're snapping and there's like a shadow... They just look really creepy. Do you think that's Jive Bunny? Is that THE Jive Bunny? I, I think it's THE Jive Bunny. Wait, do we still think this is gonna be swing music even though there's an anthropomorphic bunny on the cover? <laughs>
Whatever it was. I was into it. Multiple of the songs have been featured on Spinners. That was like a greatest hits of like and greatest and Bill Spinners, Haley greatest and Glenn hits. Miller. Like what the fuck? What did they do? <laughs> like aside from just being a collection of other songs. That's an interesting thing. And people talk about that with samples a lot. It's like, oh, it's cheating. Like you can't steal things from other songs. And sometimes I think that's an understatement because there is work that goes into it. But this one really does feel like it. Kind of just a collection of, look at these cool, fun riffs from classic, you know, old rock songs. But right. I think there was something magical about the way that they like looped some of them parts. And I love the little repeats and like the, the way that they would like chop things up to fit the time signature. Like things would repeat. That was cool. That's like my favorite part of sampling. Right. No, I, I like that too. And that seems like the main thing that they did to add on to it. But it also seems like the kind of thing that anyone with like any audio editor you know, like a 12 year old finds out about GarageBand and just kind of like cuts something up and then they're like, hey, look at this. You know, it feels like it could be that. And also this came out in 1989. So the tools at people's disposal were very different. And can you just imagine like before GarageBand and all that stuff, hearing something like this for the first time, like I would have a stroke. I would not be able to process this. It's like satanic. In its, in its power. Do you think that Satanic is a little bit of an overstatement for Jive Bunny? He's like Dead Mouse. He's the original Dead Mouse. He has a furry animal helmet and he does crazy remixes of old songs. Does he actually wear that? Wear a, a, a rabbit hat? I saw a picture of Jive Bunny on stage. I don't think it's the same guy. I think it's like a collective of experimental people in the 80s. I think that's a cool idea and I'm definitely looking at it with you know, 2022 years. I think you have to make the choice or at least offer the choice of which one to keep because I genuinely loved all three of these. I enjoyed listening to all three, but I feel very confident in saying that the last one does not deserve to be saved as much as the other two. I think I agree with that because the other two were, well, actually, if that's fit, wow, these were all covers of some kind. That's really interesting. 
They all were all covers, but the other ones definitely did something with that, and this one just, that's you know, it combined them, and that's, like, kind of cool, but it's, Sample's not a cover. Good point. All right. We have our picks. Amazing. Any final words for this uh, week, Riley Breyer? All those girls that I thought about when we listened to Self Control, I miss you. You mattered to me. Uh, it's not you, it's me. Wow, some real toxic masculinity right there from Riley. <laughs> I'm taking responsibility, okay? That's the opposite of toxic. Oh, man. We got some real internalized problems. Oh, yeah. But don't worry. You can tune in next week when we continue to externalize them. Until then, keep spinning. <laughs>